What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of GCC Radio. My name is Ethan Kaplan. And I'm Joe Henry. And we're super excited to dive in this week and cover your latest news and updates in and around the blockchain ecosystem. As always, this is not financial advice. We were by no means experts. However, our mission is to take our experience in the space and use what we've learned to educate you guys on all things Web3, crypto, and blockchain. Welcome to GCC Radio. This is going to be a special interview with Radix, and I'm here with Jeremy and Nick. And so let's get into it. Jeremy, if you could introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for having me, Ethan. This is really uh, an honor. So I'm Jeremy Epstein. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at RDX Works, which is the company responsible for developing uh, the Radix protocol and the Radix network. So super honored to be here. Love the enthusiasm and looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, definitely. So to start us off, I was wondering if you could introduce what Radix is and what its value proposition is as opposed to Ethereum. Yeah, sure. It's a great question. And and it's, you know, my primary job as chief marketing officer is to tell that story in a differentiated way. Um, so Radix is a purpose-built layer one uh, for decentralized finance, uh, as opposed to Ethereum, which is, as you know, a general purpose ledger and designed to uh, basically do any type of application and do it in a message-oriented way. Radix started with a very interesting question, which is, okay, if the global financial economy is $400 trillion and all of that is going to sit on a DeFi platform, what do you need to build starting today in order to support the inevitable day when that $400 trillion moves from TradFi, traditional finance, over to DeFi? So Radix has a radically different approach to building. It's a public decentralized ledger technology, just like a blockchain, but it's not a blockchain. We have something called a shard space. So a lot of people think that blockchain equals decentralized or distributed ledger. That's not the case. We also have an execution environment that's not the Ethereum virtual machine because there are a ton of problems with the EVM, which we can get into. And that's called the Radix engine, which greatly simplifies uh, and, and almost makes a delightful developer experience for people who want to build decentralized financial applications. So everything we've done is about how do we create a phenomenally de- a delightful developer experience so that we can have millions of developers building hundreds of thousands of apps to support billions of people with trillions of dollars of assets on a platform. Not saying it'll all be on Radix necessarily, but that's the way we started. So we've just taken a very fundamentally uh, different approach, worked from the back from the future backwards, and architected it with DeFi in mind. Yeah, definitely. And on that same note, you know, what is the trilemma? Could you go into that a little bit more? And how does Radix really become a fundamental solution to that issue? Yeah, so um, Vitalik Buterin, the uh, you know inventor of Ethereum, outlined something called the blockchain trilemma, some, sometimes referred to as a scalability trilemma, which is that in a distributed environment, there's going to invariably be a trade-off between the decentralization of the network, the security of the network, and the scalability of the network. Um, and this is a problem that pretty much every layer one blockchain has run into. Um, And that's because they're fundamentally architected to support a uh, blockchain-based infrastructure. Um, At the risk of being sort of just aloof about it, 
Radix has basically solved this problem by, based, by finding a completely different way to say, okay, how do we create a, 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 a ledger that's scale, scalable from a linear perspective? And what that means is all you need to do is add additional computing power. And it can be anything ranging from you know, an AWS, Azure, Google hosted environment all the way down to your phone or a Raspberry Pi. So the more computing power you have, the more scalable the networks is, is without limits. Um, and basically we've, we've basically cracked the code on this trilemma. Um, and so there will be no limits essentially to the growth that a developer can, can, see, can achieve in building their uh, DeFi DAP on the Radix platform. So it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, definitely. And also with that DAP, could you explain what a decentralized application is and how Radix <laughs> truly allows the developer to create a more seamless experience? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, if you, if you think about the fundamental innovation that um, the decentralized world or blockchains have, have brought, it's the ability to allow for two parties to engage in a commercial transaction with each other uh, without having to know each other, without having to trust each other, and without having the need for an intermediary. Everything we've done in our financial system up, on, up until now has required the, the, the need for a third party to basically say, oh, Ethan, you can trust Jeremy. Jeremy, you can trust Ethan. I can vouch for the two of you. And that allows us to do commerce and that allows for commerce to scale. And it's worked really, really well for a long time. But there's some limits because those third parties in the middle, um, basically they add time, they add risk because they keep all that data, which creates a honeypot for hackers among other things. Um, and they add cost because they have to make a profit. So what decentralized uh, distributed ledgers have done is basically said, okay, we can have that same type of scale, if not more scale, but we can rip out the third party intermediaries, which lowers the cost, lowers the risk, lowers the time and the friction associated with it. Well, in order to do that, you need to build applications the same way you have, you know, Robinhood or Square or Plaid or, or any Cash App or PayPal or Venmo or any of the apps that we now rely on in a, in a centralized world. You're going to have, all of us are going to have applications built on decentralized App, uh, decentralized networks that allow for those types of trusted transactions to happen. It's already happening. But what Radix has done is said, okay, how do we make sure that developers can build these apps as quickly, but as safely and securely and easily as possible? And that's where the innovation of the Radix engine is so fundamentally important. Because if you go back through history and you think about how engines have catalyzed revolutions over time, whether it's James Watt and the steam engine catalyzing the industrial revolution, you know, or more recently, you know, Tim Sweeney, who invented the game engine, which, you know, catalyzed the, you know, a 10x growth in the gaming industry. What we're now seeing is the very sort of primordial soup of decentralized financial applications, but they're clunky. They don't really work. They get hacked a lot. It's definitely not friendly. Radix Engine greatly simplifies that. So if developers want to build decentralized apps, and every developer is going to want to do that, um, we're making it as easy for them to build it without making mistakes. Because at the end of the day, these, these things are going to be managing millions, hundreds of millions and billions of dollars worth of assets. And you know, 
you don't want to screw around with that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that really is evident in things like the wormhole hack, you know, where people stole funds from a clearly faulty design. And to this day, they still haven't found the bug in the code. And so having a simplified design and code structure really helps for this. Yeah, there's a great site that I'm sure you've seen called rec.news, right? R-E-K-T. And it's just like catalogs all the hacks out there. Um, and we actually have a series we call Wrecked Retweets, where basically we say, here's why this hack could never have happened on Radix. And we just sort of explain the fundamental differences. And so, yeah, I mean, more and more they're happening because the Ethereum virtual machine and these message oriented, you know, all these layer ones, like, you know, I don't want to name competitors while I give them more airtime, right? But they're all fundamentally flawed in that way because their architecture is designed not to support finance specifically. And what Radix has said is we're specifically for decentralizing finance because at the end of the day, this, this innovation is all about making th- make, turning everything into an asset and giving people power and sovereignty over those assets. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, talking more about the Radix infrastructure and the Radix engine, could you go more into depth about what the Cerberus consensus mechanism is and how distributed ledger technology differs between blockchain and service consensus mechanism, as well as, you know, the crypto uh, coding language that Radix uses. Yeah, sure. So um, at a certain point, I'm going to have to tap out of that conversation, but I'll go as, as far as I can. Um, so let's start with the end of your question and work backwards. So Scripto is a Rust-based programming language that uh, Radix developed. So Rust, as you probably know, is the most loved loved language by developers around the world. So it's very accessible, it's very flexible. So what we've done is we've just added on to that to make it specific for decentralized financial applications and specifically designed to leverage the power of the RAD extension. So you know what we've seen is that developers who don't have a lot of programming experience but want to get into the space, they go and look at something in Solidity and they're like, whoa, man, this is overwhelming. It's going to take me nine months. And then, by the way, everything's getting hacked. They get into Scripto. We just had an event in Lisbon over the weekend with 100 and some developers, many of whom were sort of new to, to programming. And they were raving about how easy it is to learn. So, you know, I'm actually going to take a Scripto class myself. I'm like, look, if I can learn it, I mean, I know some HTML and JavaScript, but I'm no developer, but I'm going to get in there. So, there are three layers to our, you know, what we sometimes will refer to as a full stack for DeFi. So Scripto at the top is the programming layer that developers use. The Radix engine is basically what gives the programmers those develop uh, that those that power to create these applications. But as we said, we all need we need all of these transactions to basically settle. We need to know that you know Jeremy sent Ethan you know 10 XRD but you know, Nick sent Joe 100 XRD. Well, those have no relationship to each other, so they should be able to happen in parallel. What happens on uh, existing blockchains is that transactions are ordered sequentially. So your and my transaction happens first, Nick and Joe's happen second, what have you. So there's a little bit of, yeah, maybe it's small, but there's a lag. So Radix says, that's ridiculous. If there's no dependency between those two transactions, they should happen simultaneously. So the invention of Cerberus has basically come up with a way to say, okay, how do we create consensus across the network, which is everybody understands what everybody's 
doing and where all the assets are while allowing for massive parallelization, as we call it, of all of these transactions. So Cerberus has figured out a way, the, the consensus algorithm is the solution to allowing you know, hundreds of millions of transactions to happen almost simultaneously without running into the time constraints that you would typically, or the lag or the costs associated with you know, sort of the more traditional blockchain uh, approach. Yeah, definitely. And so we've seen a lot of token prices and ecosystem infrastructures be driven by incoming capital and, you know, the speculation cycle and VCs injecting capital into an ecosystem. And so what does the development ecosystem look like for Radix specifically? And are there any developments that have caught your attention? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, our developer community has been growing rapidly. It's been really, really exciting. Like the number of people checking into our GitHub, downloading and cloning the repositories has just been phenomenal. We have a very active Telegram group. And, and what people tell us is that unlike many projects, people will come into the Telegram and start asking questions, even if they're newbies, and get tremendous help from everybody else in the organization. We've spent a lot of energy cultivating a community of people who are helpers, right? Because I think one of the things that separates Radix from a lot of other places is we're, we're playing the long game. You know, yes, it's fun to kind of go up 100x in a week and what have you. But then a lot of these projects don't have staying power because they're just, they're buying love. They're buying attention. It's mercenary. You know, we think this is too, too important. Yes, there's plenty of opportunity to be a token holder you know, and, and to participate in what will hopefully be the, the growth of the network over time. But this is not a game, right? This is about moving the building a radically better financial system. Whether you're in the first world, second world, or third world, the financial system is not doing nearly enough for you. And we believe it can be not just a little bit better, but radically better. So that's going to take some time. So we have this sort of uh, mentality of saying, let's go out, get the right developers, get the people who understand this, get the people who are committed to this, who understand the power of building something that really is going to be long lasting and give them as much support as we can so that they can go out and build the, the apps of their dream. And then, you know, they're going to be, you know, usually if, if you do good work, the, uh, the economics will follow. Yeah, exactly. I think that a big part of growth is organic growth. And so, you know, having that organic growth on a system is really necessary for the fundamental value of the entire ecosystem. Yeah, I, actually one of the guys on my team has a, a key metric of uh, getting a thousand unpaid Radix tattoos uh, among our community members, because while it might be crazy, like the kind of people who are willing to put a tattoo of Radix or XRD on their body, like you can't, I mean, you can pay for that, but if you don't pay for it, it's better and it's genuine brand love. And I want to get us to the point where we have earned that positive feeling from people where they say, I believe in what Radix is doing. I want to be a part of it. I want to support it. And we just had a guy last week who got a monster XRD <laughs> tattoo on his rib cage. I mean, it's 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 large. So <laughs> I saw that. I was like, this is amazing, but that is that's next level <laughs> commitment, buddy. I totally dig it. So, uh, but he's gonna get a special NFT for being 
the first guy. So uh, we'll, we'll treat them right. But um, that's what I want. You know, I want people who feel that kind of genuine passion. Like if you're not passionate about our mission, honestly, go, go somewhere else. Like it's just not worth it for me because you're, you're going to do more damage to us in the long run. Cause you're always gonna be like, when are you going to spike? When are you going to spike? And it's like, you know, great things. Rome wasn't built to the day and neither was Radix. Absolutely. I like that. I might use that again. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So um, also, how do you see Radix fitting into the global crypto ecosystem? Do you see like some blockchain maximalists will say that they see an Ethereum dominated ecosystem? Do you see a future as a Radix dominated ecosystem or do you see a potential for coexistence amongst multiple chains? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I don't honestly know, but, you know, I'm not a maximalist. I, I believe that our job is to create the most delightful experience for DeFi developers possible. There will be some developers, no matter how great the experience is, who choose to go develop otherwere. You know what? That's fine. At the end of the day, the mission is a radically better financial system, or our vision is a radically better financial system. I want that for me. I want it for my kids. I want it for you. I want it for future generations. And if it's a multi-chain world that gets us there, fantastic. If it's all Radix, <laughs> hallelujah. But like, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's, it's about obsoleting traditional finance. You know, I view them as the horse and buggies and I view crypto and Web3 as cars. And you may have one car that everybody drives and you may have a bunch of cars that people drive, but at the end of the day, you don't see many horses and buggies in Georgetown anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I guess my final question for you guys today is, you know, what are your initiatives with, you know, university level students and how do you plan on engaging with that community? Yeah, so um, it's one of the most important areas for us. We, you know, this, I just put out a blog post this morning and I'll share it with you that, you know, I'm an old man, right? I don't have the benefit of youth the way that you do, Ethan, but I, I came of age kind of in internet 1.0.com. And there were so many ideas flying around. And I was talking, there was this one project called Webvan. And Webvan was like raised a billion dollars in 1999 to do this super crazy idea that no one thought was possible. You know what it was? Home delivery of groceries, right? Wow. They, they went out of business. <laughs> but you now 20 years later, home delivery of groceries, like, duh, of course you have home delivery of groceries. These things take time. Right. So the way I look at it, we want to invest time, energy, money, swag, especially, you know, in university students who are understand how powerful this transformation is. And we want to get you up and running so that you start thinking about an asset oriented world, because that's the world you're going to live in. And that's the careers you're going to have. The jobs that all of you are going to have in 20 years don't exist today. The same way my job didn't exist 20 years ago when I graduated or more when I graduated from college, you know, so we put a big effort on that. And I want to uh, give a shout out to my uh, university relations lead, Nick, who's on the call. He's actually about to finish university up in uh, British Columbia uh, in Vancouver, and he's on point to basically reach out to as many universities, uh, crypto leads around the world. I know we've been a pleasure. To, it's been an honor to be connected to Georgetown. We got a relationship with Johns Hopkins. Shout out to my alma mater, Go Blue Jays, uh, Cambridge, and a, and Purdue, and a bunch of others. So, Nick, do you want to 
spend a, a couple a minute or so telling everyone sort of what you what you're hoping to accomplish with all of these amazingly talented young students uh, around the world that we have the privilege of meeting? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I couldn't have said it any better than you, but I really, really envision this program that we're creating for university students to really connect students to each other, connect blockchain clubs to each other all over the world, create a shared information system for blockchain students to, to come in and learn and actually dive into developing and learning how to create their own jobs in the future. This is a, an industry that's, you know, very scarce for developers. So the more students we can get into it, the better. And it'll benefit us just like it benefits them, just like it benefits the ecosystem and the industry. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I really hope that we could work with you guys at, at your university to, to help us get there. And we should say that in our disc, if you want to get in touch with Nick and you're a university student, you should get in touch with Nick. Uh, he's on Discord. You can go into the Radix Discord server and ask for Nick. We'll get you in touch. He's on Telegram. Um, what's your, I don't remember your email, Nick, but because I just slack you all every day and tell you to do stuff. But um, maybe you can share your email and let people hit you up if they have questions or ideas for what they can do with universities. Yeah, and I'll share it with Ethan to, to get that. It's just nick.terasoff at rdx.works, but I'll, I'll send it to Ethan. And he yeah, can we can put it in the show notes or something like that. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'll definitely put it in the description. Awesome. All right. Well, I really appreciate you guys appreciate you guys' time today. And it was a pleasure meeting with you and you know, hope for more opportunities in the future. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Honor to be here.